Jesus had passed through Samaria, and his journey brought him to a Samaritan town named Shechem, near the plot of land which Jacob had given to his sons, son Joseph, and this was the site of Jacob's well. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat at the well. The hour was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone off to the town to buy provisions. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. How can you ask me, a Samaritan and a woman, for a drink? Recall that Jews had nothing to do with the Samaritans. And Jesus replied, If only you recognize God's gift and who it is that is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him instead, and he would have given you He would have given you living water. Sir, she challenged him, you don't have a bucket and this well is deep. Where do you expect to get this flowing water? Surely you don't pretend to be greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it with his sons and his flocks. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will will never be thirsty. No, the water I give shall be a fountain within, leaping up to provide eternal life. And the woman said to him, Give me this water, sir, so that I won't grow thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people claim that Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship God. And Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship God neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand, while we understand what we worship. Yet an hour is coming, and already is already here, when authentic worshipers will worship God in spirit and truth. Indeed, it is just such worship, uh, worshipers that God seeks. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know there is a Messiah coming, the term meaning anointed. When he comes, he will tell us everything. And Jesus replied, I who speak to you am he. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him on the strength of the woman's word of testimony. The result was that when those Samaritans came to him, they begged him to stay with them for a while. So he stayed there two days. And through his own spoken word, many more came to faith. As they told the woman, No longer does our faith depend on your story. We have heard for ourselves, and we know that this really is the Savior of the world. And this is the Gospel of the Christ. Now, we really don't know what the conversation was between the woman and Jesus, because his friends were in town, you know, getting Fritos and Mountain Dew, right? We don't know. It's surmised that this might have been what the conversation is. So do we do it literally or do it metaphorically? Look at the metaphor. Jesus passed through Samaria on his journey, passing through on his journey, brought him to a Samaritan town, someplace alien to him, near the plot of land which Jacob had given to his son Joseph, and it's the site of Jacob's well. So there's some history there. And he was tired from his journey, so he stopped. How many of us have 
got into like places in our spiritual path where we're just so tired we just stop no matter where we are and we stop maybe in a place that is familiar to us uh, maybe in a religion that's familiar to us in a community that's familiar to us something that we can hold on to that says I know this place or this thing whatever but we're so tired we just stop anywhere well he stopped And where he stopped was a place where he normally would not have. And he stopped at a well, a deep well, right? A well of one of his ancestors. The connection there, look at the metaphor of that. The connection of there. The deep well of wisdom is a theme that's all through scripture. The flowing river of our life is a theme in every tradition on the face of the planet. So it fits, right? And then here comes a woman, an embodiment of the feminine aspect, right? To come to draw water. Think of the metaphor. (coughs) Here's this tired being who's thirsty, thinking, here I am, in a place where he's not normally supposed to be and this very embodiment of the feminine aspect comes up to draw water from the well water is also a feminine aspect when you look at the elements we call the ocean her don't we yeah so and then the hour was noon the brightest part of the day the brightest the most opportune time for some enlightenment, some wisdom to come forward. Give me a drink. Now in that time, uh, in those days, women were, you know, nothing more than, well, I won't go there, but (laughs) if a man said to any woman, give me a drink, that woman had to do that. So, she says, Why are you asking me? (laughs) Everything about that moment is challenging to Jesus' norm, right? Everything about that. You don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you expect to get this flowing water? Remember the metaphors. Flowing water. Surely you don't pretend to be greater than our (laughs) ancestor Jacob. That shows her limitation, right? Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. That's the first thing after that out of his out of his mouth. Everyone who drinks this water, this material substance, will be thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give, the flow of spirit, the flow of love and compassion, will never be thirsty. It's a whole different understanding of nurturance, of sustenance. The water I give will be a fountain within, right? Leaping up to provide eternal life. That is one of the most significant things that has been recorded in Scripture. Because he is saying point blank, the flow of spirit is within us. And he said that in a cultural setting where everybody thought it was out there. And he's saying, 
I shall give, I shall get, the water I give will be a fountain within you that will flow out. The woman said, give me this water so I won't grow thirsty. And you can, and have to keep coming to draw this water. I can see you are a prophet. The eyes are open. And then she goes on to say, I suspect you might be the Messiah. And what is his response? I who speak to you am he. What is his response to everybody else? Don't tell anybody. You know, whatever you think I am, don't tell anybody. But yet this woman, look at the metaphor of all this. Everybody else who suspected that uh, he might be the Messiah came from a dominant perspective. Men were the only one. Men said, are you the Messiah? Peter, you know. And he's saying to this woman, I am he. What was it about the woman that he would open up that revelation to? A woman in a culture that he was not part of and and was alienated against him being a Jew. I mean, she acknowledged that right off. What are you doing here? Look at that. I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you. There's another thing in that line too. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Nothing came to being that did not first come through the Word. And the Word came and dwelt with us. That is the Word. I am He. Where does that Word dwell? Now. That Word dwells within us, right? So there was another thing he was saying to you. I who speak to you. (coughs) She would not have been able to hear that had she not had that opening within her. You think that's... Does that make sense? Yeah. So the the whole image of the well, the deep well of flowing water, the tired prophet asking for a drink and the challenge that came from that and then the recognition many Samaritans of the town believed in him on the strength of the woman's word of testimony in that day and age women did not testify (laughs) women just didn't do it and look at the power that the revelation that she had of Jesus, look at the power that not only infused her, but radiated out into her community. That's the power, I who speak to you am he. That is the power that we have within us. So that we too can go out and in our actions and our thoughts and our compassion toward one another, that we can also bring that flowing water, that water of life, that whole other way of understanding spirit. We can bring that into the world. That's our calling. That's why we're here. It's no mistake. And what dwells within us is the I who speak to you. 
We have that within us. Remember, I breathe into you the Holy Spirit. (coughs) And the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And greater things will you do. So when we're out and about, and we are metaphorically tired and worn out, or whatever happens to be, and we stop, and however our spirit asks for a drink, what can be the response? What can be the response? It moved away from, you never see that he actually got a drink of water, right? I mean, it took a whole different course. So even in in our, our most exhausted and tired and thirsty and hungry states, that river within us of spirit, of love, of compassion, of Christ itself, still can flow through us. And when we allow that to happen, we're no longer thirsty ourselves. Because we've tapped into that well, the deeper well, the deeper well of spirit. Any thoughts? 